Hey everyone, and welcome to the Offsite Podcast, where we chat all things construction, technology, and everything in between. My name's Carlos, and I spend most of my days talking to construction teams about how they deliver projects. And my name's Jason, and I spend all day building software that construction teams use to deliver projects. So today, we're going to talk about image capture technology, the sale of Aleco Software, who owns PowerProject, also known as Asta and Hinkley's latest geospatial portal. So first up, image capture technology. It's hard not to notice this stuff. If you go to any exhibition style event, you'll see robots like Spot the Dog. You'll see drone image capture like Sensats. There's a lot of it at the moment. But in the news this week, um, we've seen a new, uh, what they call a bespoke camera and buddy system, which basically captures 360 degree views of sites as it moves around I guess, corridors and floors and this creates 3d models jason it all looks really cool as usual what do you think it's actually used for uh, i find i find the uh, image capture capture space like super interesting the if you think about the problem there's like different layers to it so you've got like the first bit which is like just being able to capture the site and like that's i think not that interesting uh, google maps have been doing it for ages right they drive around the street when you say capture literally an image of what it looks like well no they like like a lot of these platforms have some form of camera on a helmet or camera attached to something walking around the site and the ability to sort of take captures and then stitch that together into some sort of navigable space it's essentially like street view right google street view that that bit is like i think pretty um Standard, standard technology yeah there's then there's like the then some people are doing that plus uh robot slash drone so automating the process of the capture and like yeah that's interesting i think like i've seen ones which do like a little crawler robot that drives around obviously as soon as you've got a stair or any uneven ground you've, you've got a problem yeah uh spot the dog is a is a regular for like demonstrations of this but i, I think it's like not there yet in terms of actually being able to like walk a site because obviously in the construction site scenario the site changes every day that the paths are not very well defined um yeah maybe a building is a bit more consistent you know but like if you're talking about if you're talking about any type of like civil infrastructure or anything that there's there's obvious limitations of the ability to capture that consistently anyway that's a whole challenge that i don't i from what i've seen is still not there yet but then there's like this third piece which is okay you've got a you've got a situation on your project where you've captured every day this equivalent of google street view every day but what like what the hell do you do with that it's like nice to be able to go back and look at the data but what how does it actually drive value i guess it drives value from from like a claims or having a record if you had a claim to be like when did something happen but to find out when it happens unless you've got unless you can turn the images into something structured you have to just go back through time to find oh when did that change or whatever so the third piece of this uh this space is like some sort of artificial intelligence understanding what's been built and then outputting some data that's structured, whether that's like tracking progress of a schedule, doing measurements of to check that dimensions against the drawings. And if you look at the state of platforms in this space, 
it's still pretty early. Like I would say one of the leaders is like open space and they have a product that's trying to do this. And most of, I think they can do walls and ceilings maybe, or like that's still in a beta. And then they've got even earlier betas for things like checking if doorways are in. Um, so like, it's still a ways off being able to generate that in any meaningful uh, way. But I, without that piece, it just seems like a lot of captures. It's like, it's a nice to have. Yeah, a lot of it feels like it's like this flashy thing, which is funded by an innovation project. So there's lots of cash to go and do stuff, but like, what is the actual meat and veg at the end of it? You I mentioned totally about- totally believe it. Yeah, go ahead. You mentioned about um, the ability to actually understand progress against, I don't know, a BIM model or something like that to say, right, this door's been built, this wall's been built. Obviously, QS backgrounds or QS hats on. QS is a famous for never going to site, right? You, you must know the running joke. They just sit in the office and they'll do anything to not go to site, put boots on and get dusty. It's and like a dream come true then. <laughs> yeah, nice and warm, sit with your coffee. But the, the, the big thing for QS each month is they've got to pay subbies, right? So every month you have to pay subby and you have to pay them based on what they have done and maybe like a forecast of a week ahead to the end of the period. And lazy QSs would go sit down with the engineer and go, right, this list of 10 things, have they done them? And they get an idea about what they've actually done. Good QSs would go out on site and not do a measure. You're not actually measuring, they call it that, but you're just looking at stuff and thinking, oh, how progressed is this? Shall I pay them? Because if you pay them and then they don't turn up the next day and they haven't done it, you're up shit's creek, really. So I could see that being the benefit, but I guess it's going to be this long path of trying to get there and we're going to get all these gimmicky stuff type things to try and experiment. I think um, I totally believe in the space. Uh, I think that projects in the future will all do some sort of capture. I think the capture uh, technology will depend on the type of project. So obviously like a, a highway project benefits from drones that are flying every day, a building yeah. from a robot that walks it. But I don't think any, I really think that the value of the platform is only there once you can turn the images into something structured like progress or quality checking or something. Yeah. Because, uh, otherwise you've just got mountains of images to go through. And I, like, you've probably seen like, even on the best projects, like on bad projects, you have very little records of what's happening on site, but even on good projects, you have like lots of images attached to site diaries or whatever. But just to go through all that and find it is, it's oh, it's it's yeah. like too much. It's almost like too much information. So I, yeah, I yeah. totally believe in the space, but I just I think it needs it needs to get to like this end point or like some progress point before it's something that gets like real. Like I think is really valuable. I once had to dig out a photo from site, and I had to rummage through site diaries like folders. And obviously every photo is labeled the like IMG underscore 67268. So you literally have to open every single one just to work out <laughs> where it is or who it is or when. Absolutely nightmare. We can, you, we can, we can cut this bit or leave it in, but um, we, we, uh, we had a chap on night shift on a project like 10 years ago uh, and he was doing the site diaries, um, recording the progress overnight. And, and for many months was getting like slightly like, People on night shift can go a little bit 
uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, and the site diaries deteriorated to like, just like, like at one point he was just taking photos of his boots on the ground being like, these are my boots and attaching that to the site diary um, <laughs> or writing messages in there like, the useless steel fixes didn't turn up again, but no one's going to read this ever anyway. Uh, and then eventually like took it another step further and got fired. But for a while it was quite funny. That's why we get so many requests for a site diary app, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So next up, um, we have, and I've got quite a funny note here. It says Aleko PLC slash Aleko Software GmbH slash Power Project slash Asta. Pretty hard to name these guys, but I guess the summary is there's a company that is a subsidiary, which is the company that provides Power Project, which is a common master schedule tool for predominantly the building industry. So this company has been sold to a German company. Uh, for some of 600k uh, we'll move on to that valuation at the end maybe what do you think this means for the users of ask the power project i think it means nothing for us the power project so the the actual story is that when i was reading it is the parent company that owns power project has it's actually this piece of software that's been sold is like one small piece of like quite dated like cad 2d 3d um drawing software it's like a really bad version of sketchup but like yeah, what like i think five products right and there's i only really recognize this no one. it's was a more yeah, so if if you go to like the if you look at like and this is indicative of like the construction like construction software industry this is like one piece of software out of 17 that are like a software <laughs> right yeah it's another it's like an example of how so many construction software companies are just like vast collections of isolated tools rather than a single platform like and i think that's it also ties like what is wrong with the construction software space um and yeah i think a lot of the time they'll like a, a, a company will buy a smaller company or a tool or something that's that's got some traction and revenue um and then they'll just sort of put it with their collection of other tools and not spend any time or effort to integrate it with the rest of the things that they have like if you think about that cast compared to like what the tools we use as a as a technology business if any of the platforms we use had some product or part of their offering that wasn't connected to the rest of it it would be like laughable, but that's the state of play and the norm for like a lot of construction uh, platforms. Like as an example, you take Bentley, right? If you uh, go to the Bentley website and then go to their products section and then go view all products, you'll find that they have a product catalog of software that has 12 products per page and they have 12 pages. Well, it's like uh, like hundreds oh, wow. of pieces of software that Bentley own, and they're just like acquired and acquired over time, and so so little of it is actually connected with other pieces of it, and that's why things like Procore that are taking a proper like modern approach to a single platform where things are connected with each other, and if you release a new module, the RFI module talks to the uh, site diary like that's just a completely different approach to the way that it's 
it is in the construction industry. And like as an industry, how do you expect construction companies and contractors to make sense of 144 products, right? Number <laughs> one. And then like number two, how do you expect them to adopt such like a disjointed mess of rubbish? So yeah, I, uh, yeah. Like, are you selling? Do you have sales team for each? Do you, are you selling a bundle? Do you then onboard well, each one? That's a nightmare, right? Uh, well, not to mention that many of these people outsource their like selling function right. to like partners. So you end up with like a, a third party reseller going, here's the catalog of 144 pieces of software alongside the other, all the other vendors worth of software in their catalog. Which ones do you want? It's like a, it's the worst buying the, uh, experience ever. Um, yeah. yeah I, I don't really have a thought on the sale of this software. Uh, it seems like a fairly small dated piece of software. Um, but it, it, it did rob me up about construction software in general and like what a mess it is yeah i never it just it reminds me of the old stuff we used to use on projects 10 to 15 years ago and it's sort of just sat there and that developed the thing that was stood out for me though was they sold that part of the business to 600k a business that claims to have 100,000 users that seems wild to me like the, there must the be something the software that they sold had a hundred thousand or the parent company did the subsidiary, the, the Aleco software, GmbH, the subsidiary that they sold to the German company, that set of software claims to have a hundred thousand users and they sold it for 600,000 euros. So something's not right there. I, I think, but it's, I don't know if you looked at it, but it's in, it's in a category where there's like massive, it's in the like yeah. 3d model. There's, there are too much competition. There are so many good good offerings coming uh, onto the market. Yeah. Either yeah. they're gonna either you're gonna spend millions in development to well, you'd basically start again. But yeah, I don't I don't know why someone buys it other than the residual revenue before people yeah. switch off it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so Hinkley point C. Uh, hard to read the news at the moment and not keep coming across Hinkley Point C. There's obviously a lot going on. Um, this week, there's an article detailing EDF's uh, Enterprise GI system, which is developed and delivered by Esri. And it's a geospatial portal for the project. And they claim to sort of pull together things like spatial maps, maps, apps, dashboards, all of this information into one sort of uh, hub to give everyone access to this information. Jason sounds simple and great, but I guess what's the reality behind this and collecting that sort of volume of data to put, put it in one spot? I, I guess I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this. Um, you spend a lot of time every day talking to teams, uh, integrating their like GIS tools with that, like our software and, and you've got more exposure to how teams are using it. So I think, yeah, I'd be interested in what your take is. Yeah, so whenever we speak to the sort of larger projects, and um, it's generally the larger ones that have systems like GIS, it's not really found on small five million pound jobs. You end up with lots of different departments who never speak to each other, they all own their own sort of data set and are feeding one part of the project, like 
in their own little world. So firstly, we have, say we have a meeting with the GIS team, it's like they've never met anyone outside of their dusty little office before. It's quite like a, a siloed set of teams. So I can imagine that sort of job, you're going to have tons of consultants who are basically guaranteeing work for the next 10 years because it's not this sort of, from my understanding and my experience, it's not this automated flow of lots of data into a bucket and everyone accesses it and it's nice and seamless and easy and, and, and done. There'll be massive teams behind it actually pulling this together. So yeah, it's the output sounds great to actually have a hub that pulls all this stuff together. So they're turning what could be eight pots of information, for example, into one. But how up-to-date, relevant and seamless the data is and the sort of process of actually pulling together and keeping it current. I have no idea how like they'll the, actually like, a project that big. Like, like, like the illusion of something automated, but behind the scenes there's like yeah. 100 people on treadmills like making it work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, like we've, we've spoke to a couple of projects recently and just to get like drone imagery into Apex, because obviously we pull through that data. There's like six guys that have been committing X hours per week to convert information or the um the data types and it just seems nuts that it's not just yeah an api that's set up and it's done and it's there and that's feeding forever the what's what's super interesting is like going back to what we were talking about before with the the like reality capture thing and you know we we're talking about hunting back through images of the site like site diaries and trying to work out where the information is on in construction, the, the concept of like structuring information geographically as like, that is the primary way to get to data is, uh, makes a bunch of sense and is super, super valuable. It breaks down so many barriers. You can layer so much other information over, over that, like you could have schedule performance you could have shed like plans you could have the design you could have the as built records or the reality capture struck like if it's geographically structured the retrieval of that information like one of the massive problems with getting to the information is like retrieving the stuff that you yeah, actually need like you want time having and location stuff, stamp basically don't you so it's it's all yeah, so the right having, stuff at the right time having stuff geographically organized and accessible in, in a, in a platform is, is massive for information retrieval and construction, but, and then this kind of ties together, like the three things we talked about actually, because yeah. So having the, uh, information capture that links to like the importance of like geographic organization of data for retrieval, but then the reason it's hard to get to that is because so many of the tools that people use for different bits of the information are like these standalone products, right? So someone might have a, a cost value reporting system that's done in a desktop piece of software that needs to import a spreadsheet from something else and then output a spreadsheet over here. So to get the information actually in this one, like, I, so they're using Esri system. That's a fairly like accessible platform. We can integrate with it like quite easily, but if you've got a piece of desktop software or something that runs in a spreadsheet sat on someone's computer on their C drive in an office somewhere, 
that's that's not accessible so the yeah this like proliferation of or this historical set of like tools that are not connected with each other make the putting that information together in one spot really hard for contractors yeah definitely and then also just you've got different teams and reports driven off different data sets when it's not pulled so like on crossrail on in, within project controls there's this report called uh, qurr which is like quantity unit rate report and it's basically how much have you done times a rate times so the, the rate how much you've done and then that works out progress against things like concrete against the wbs which then drives the overall value from the project yeah. <laughs> and because there was no method of capture for that the project controls person would go do a lap of site and write down stuff so they're doing that you've got the qs is going out looking at stuff deciding how much they're going to pay and every every single department has, has got a completely different number nothing ties up and then you spend three weeks arguing about whether the data is accurate rather than what it actually means it's yeah but what but you take but if you think about like then if you apply the fact that there's so many like disconnected like isolated systems okay maybe the qs goes out and like estimates how much was done but probably for some other like tracking spreadsheet somewhere the engineer is probably doing the same thing and then yeah. probably somewhere else like a quality person is doing the same thing so like it really just if there were if there was a single platform or a, or it just goes to show the power of like having something like a platform that's in the cloud because the data can move between systems uh automatically yeah because it yeah not only is it like such a ridiculously manual process yeah um but it, it guaranteed it's being done three times you know yeah yeah and have you each of these vendors are going to be pitching these productivity games but they're if they're individual what game are you really going to get it's uh yeah yeah yep I, I, right just to like close the loop on that right like yeah. um you think about even I, I just think about like um our product and, and like scheduling yeah we deal with like helping uh, engineers build their schedule but if you think about the other spreadsheets that engineers complete like the amount of things they have to do they'll have to complete some register of like out of hours working for like a a community team they'll have to complete a schedule of like a concrete demand for like a concrete batch plant and they'll have to have spreadsheet after spreadsheet ones for like a safety team of like high risk activities all that information is duplicating information that would be in a schedule and so like one of the things that we've intentionally done is made it so you, you can just attach that information to your schedule and then it can be output in in a format you do it once and yeah there's just an, a million examples in construction of like the same thing being done three times yeah definitely and it, it to detach the examples you just given so uh, how much concrete you need from a batching plant or how much labor you need to detach any of that from a schedule is also crazy right i don't know how things can function without the sort of time element attached yeah. to it. that's everything in construction everything should be attached to both schedule and and the location and i think if you do that you uh, eliminate so you lim eliminate like so much busy work 
uh, having yeah. everything uh, attached to a ge geographic location and, and a schedule. If your cost forecasting was properly attached to the schedule, like properly attached, not there's a schedule with some reference back to it so that whenever the planners eventually once a month update the schedule, we'll get the like properly yeah. attached in a system where they talk to each other. Yeah. And the kind of where BIM wanted to go potentially is going. But the problem I was found with BIM was it was always three or four months behind. It's like this retrospective thing that they're sort of pulling together behind rather than it actually being used to look forward or plan. Um, yeah. That could have changed in the last five years since I've been involved heavily. But yeah, that's what they should be don't, doing. Don't you just, if you're going to slag off BIM, stick with it. Don't, don't back up and back away from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all know what happens a bit anyway. Right, uh, that's all we've got time for today. Um, as always, thank you very much for listening.